unstoppable kick-ass confidence. Are you ready? Welcome to the Raw and Unscripted Show with Christopher Roush, where we help you overcome your self-created crap without the self-help fluffy bullshit. Now please welcome our host, Christopher Roush. What's up, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls? Welcome back to the Raw and Unscripted Show. I am your host, Christopher Roush, the No Excuses Coach, and you're at your place where I help you overcome your self-created crap without the self-help fluffy bullshit. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, whether you're watching us live or on the replay, thank you, thank you, thank you. Whether you're watching us on the video cast or listening to us on the audio podcast, thank you, thank you, thank you. We are on show number 203. Ladies and gentlemen, 203 shows. I've been doing this since January 2019, and I couldn't be happier in doing the show. It's been such an amazing privilege to be able to serve you guys show after show after show with either myself as a solo um, presenter or with a with a, an amazing guest, which we've had plenty, plenty of amazing guests. And to let you know this, guys, get check this out. We are booking, get this, we are booking into, we have guests to book through, uh, we're starting to book into August. That's what's going on right now. We have people booked through August. I'm getting emails from people wanting to be on the show. I'm getting people suggesting people to be on the show. It's been pretty incredible. I was just watching my cat freak out. Um, my cat's in the studio. Um, so yeah, it's been pretty amazing. So yeah, we've got some pretty incredible shows. I'm pretty excited. Uh, in May, I have one of my friends. She's going to be co-hosting with me for uh, for three shows. Actually, I see Serena Buffalino is here. Uh, so Patricia is going to be co-hosting with me for three shows. She's bringing uh, three different guests on. So she and I are going to tag team here on the Raw and Scripted show. We actually did that on my other show, The Unfiltered Experience, and had a really good time at it. So we're going to do that here as well. We've got some amazing people coming up. We got Sid McNary. We got Clint Arthur. We got Amy Scruggs. Um, Tony Rodriguez is going to be back on the show. We've got some pretty cool uh, people coming up next week. You're going to want to be here for next week. We got Kate McLaren coming in next week. She's in Australia. She's a female boxer. She just got into the boxing um, uh, profession, you know, not too long ago. And she has her first fight on Saturday. So we're going to be hearing from her on Tuesday after her fight. And hopefully it all goes well with her, but she's an amazing soul. We got Sean Dodd uh, the week after next. You're going to dig Sean. Sean and I have been talking about doing some stuff together because we both have the kind of same sense of humor, but we also have the same kind of delivery style when it comes to personal development. So we're going to be doing that. So we've got a lot of exciting stuff coming to you. And I'm going to be doing more solo shows as well. Shows like this where there's no guest. It's just me and you just uh, just kicking it and just uh, tripping out and just having a good time. Uh, we've got Serena in the house. It's actually perfect timing because I'm about to do what I always do. And I don't know if you get to see this, but ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, this show is sponsored by the beautiful folks at Help Heal Humanity. HelpHealHumanity.org is a fantastic organization. You've heard me talk about them every single show here for quite some time. I've had the pleasure of having this lady on here, uh, Serena Buffalino. She has been on the show uh, at least two or three times. She's been on my other show a couple of times. She's uh, just absolutely phenomenal. You are phenomenal, uh, Serena. And I was introduced to Serena by Patricia. And uh, through that process, I just got to know Serena and just her powerhouse ways of going out there and making a difference in the world, building schools in Haiti, doing work in Colombia, or work, doing work in Spain, doing work in all over the place, basically, in Canada, in the United States, um, all over the world. And so Help Heal Humanity is an amazing organization because nobody takes a paycheck. All of the all the money that we raise uh, goes directly towards the the situations that we're raising money for. So not only have we, have we built a school in Haiti, but also we're sending kids to school. Plus we're feeding them. You know, when you think about the news, if you watch the news and you know the devastation that's been happening in Haiti, to still be able to send kids to school in one of the roughest parts of that country, and not only do that but feed them, that takes support. That takes your support. So here's my thing for you guys: whenever you get value out of this particular episode, you get value out of the show. 
my ask of you, since there is no charge, there are no advertisers. I do this straight from my heart to give to you guys every single week to lift you up and to make a kick-ass life. Go donate whatever it is you possibly can. Five bucks, 10 bucks, 20 bucks. We just had uh, one of my guests just donated $300. And if you guys have been following me for any time, you know that any donation over $200 gets you an hour of coaching with me for free. So uh, a gentleman by name Guy Berlando, I hope I get that right without just thinking about it off the top of my head. He was on my Friday night show and he donated 300 bucks and I he didn't want the coaching session. So I said, you could gift it to somebody. And so he gifted it to somebody he knew needed a coaching session. So I'm gonna be having that session with that person next week. So that's your fee. If you uh, if you think about Andy Frisella, if you follow Andy Frisella, his fee is that you gotta go do something. So here's our fee, you go to Help Heal Humanity, and here's the great part. Go sponsor a child. Do us a favor, sponsor a child. It's one of the greatest gifts you could possibly do and send a kid to school. Give them an opportunity to break the generational cycle and the generational curses of what's going on in that country and help them build and rebuild and create a foundation for themselves to be independent and serve themselves. So thank you guys for appreciating that. Go to helphealhumanity.org. And especially if you want to come volunteer or if you want to be on the board, we've got some positions opening up. So if you want to take your area of excellence, your area of genius, if you will, and devote that to a, an amazing organization where we're really in it to win it. Um, we would love to have your support in that uh, that uh, frame of mind. So go there, check it out. And if there's anything you have any questions about, send them to me and then I'll make sure you guys get the answers for that. So helphealhumanity.org. We appreciate you guys for for uh, for allowing me that opportunity to do that. And uh, wow, we got some people in the house tonight. Um, <laughs> Serena says, kitty in the house. I got two kitties in the house. Two kitty, kitty, kitties. We got Robert Broker in the house. He says, hey, Christopher. What's up, Robert? Thank you, brother, for being here. We got the other Chris. We call him the other Chris. Uh, Christopher Kaysen, what's up, brother, from Salt Lake City, Utah? Thank you very much. I saw that you uh, you went out and had yourself a little treat the other day. I thought that was pretty cool for St. Patrick's Day. Um, Serena says, yes, Patricia Geigick is amazing. And then we've got uh, Debbie. Uh, Debbie in the house. Me and Debbie were having a conversation today. Thank you, Debbie, for being here. She says, oh, wow, a boxer. Yeah, yeah, she's phenomenal. Kate McLaren, she should be on your show as well. She's phenomenal. My buddy uh, Mario Beckish put us in touch with one another, and we had a little mini conversation, and I was just floored by her tenacity, her unstoppableness, if you will. Um, so we're excited to have her on the show and really talk about what it is that she needs to do. We talk a lot about on the show discipline, right? And being able to find that leverage to be able to change what it is that you're doing. And just think about the discipline she had to do and she had, she's going through to be able to fight professionally in the boxing ring as a female. That's pretty, pretty amazing. Um, we got uh, Paul Roscoe White in the house. He says, what's up, homie? What's up, dude? Thank you so much for being here. I see what you're doing out there. You guys got to follow Paul. He's got a lot of good shit coming up. If you like, obviously you like my stuff because you're sitting here watching it. Uh, Paul's a straight shooter as well. We had an amazing conversation he's going to be on the show on april 25th speaking of great guests that are coming up so yeah we got a lot in store from that we got jacqueline rose in the house my irish lady with that puts up with no bullshit she says hello everyone bring it on the good show i'm gonna bring on the good show lady and we are we're gonna be answering questions tonight we got joe hutter in the house he says hey bro happy tuesday hi folks Hey, Joe, thank you for being here. I know that you're at work right now, so I appreciate you taking the time to watch or listen to this broadcast. You're amazing. And that's what Serena just said. She says, you're amazing. She said, you're amazing, Joe. See, look at that. She says, you're amazing. I know you said I'm amazing, but I'm just me being me. Uh, we love you too, Serena. Serena says, we love you, Chris. We got Dan Gilman in the house. What's up, Dan? We, Dan me and Dan just recently got connected, so thank you for that. He says, amazing. Uh, he says, thank you for helping to help heal the world. Thank you for helping to heal the world. Yes. And all my glasses on. So thank you, Dan. We just recently became connected and doing great things together. Got Joe Hutter says, Serena, you are in Hamilton. Yes, she is. We got Walt McKinley in the house. My brother from another mother. Let's fucking go. Uh, my dude, let's go. hundred percent, man. We're going, we're going, we're unfiltered. We're unscripted. We're having a good time. I got to let off some steam about the shit that I've been dealing with today. Ah, 
you know, people are funny. That's all I'll just say about that. Um, uh, Mary Kay in the house, my beautiful sister from another mister. Good evening, Christopher. Uh, appreciate you being here, Mary Kay. Mary Kay, myself, Lee, and Ron are in a book club. We're actually studying a book called The uh, the Myth of Normal by Dr. Gabor Mate. Phenomenal, phenomenal book already. I highly suggest you go read anything by Dr. Gabor Mate if you want to get your shit straight. Um, he's, a, he's an excellent author, and I love the way he writes. Um, da, 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 and, uh, the rest of them are just introductions. Um, let's see. Uh, Joe says here, Serena heading hammer bound Saturday. I'm not sure what that means, but that sounds uh, a little Freudian to me. So anyways, thank you guys all for being here, whether you're live or on the replay. I love each and every one of you. And this is a special show. I do these probably once or twice a year, maybe where I take your viewer uh, submitted questions and I just answer them here on the show. It's just a fun way of me being able to get back to you, kind of having a show with you guys without having to put everybody here on screen. And uh, some people are actually here right now. They're going to ask me questions and they said they were going to be. So thank you guys very much for that. I appreciate you guys that got Alexis in the house. Alexis and I had a great conversation today. What's up, sweetheart? Go fly your freak flag, baby. Fly your freak flag. Um, so tonight we're going to be talking about questions because the power of questions. Uh, I can't uh, overemphasize this enough. Questions have the power to unlock wherever it is you're at in your life. I love questions. I always ask myself questions. I have questions that I have on a white, uh, dry erase board. I'm trying to find the most, the best questions to ask that by which when you answer them honestly, honestly, that you will change the situation that you're in. Just for example, are you happy? Yes or no. It's not a maybe. It's not a partly. It's am I happy? Yes or no. No. Okay. I may be happy with some areas, but there's certain areas that I'm not happy with. So no, I'm not happy. Okay. What's the area that I'm not happy with? My job. Okay. What can I do with my job to be able to enjoy it or leave it? But so many people aren't asking themselves the right questions, or if they ask themselves the question, they're not answering themselves honestly. Like, oh yeah, everything's okay. It's all right. It's good. It's good. I'm like, did you come here to have a good experience or did you have here come here to have a kick-ass experience? Did you come here to live a mediocre life or did you come here to have a kick-ass life? You know, ask, ask yourself those questions. So I'm going to be covering some questions that I like to ask myself and that I like to ask my, my coaching clients in order to find that leverage for where it is that we need to move the needle in order to have a better life. Because guys, life is short. The clock is ticking and everybody is playing the someday game. Someday when this happens, someday when that happens, someday when I win the lottery, if I hear another motherfucker talk about winning the lottery that doesn't play the lottery, I'm going to smack them. Is it legal to smack somebody still? I don't know. But literally so many people, I'm gonna, when I win the lottery, I'm like, how many times a week do you play the lottery? Oh, I haven't played it in six months. I'm like, I guess that you're probably joking a little bit, but that's, that's the fantasy that people are living in. When I win the lottery, when my husband gets his shit together, when my job changes, when my boss leaves, when I, whatever. Stop playing the someday game with yourself and start asking yourself some better questions. So I'm here tonight to answer some of your questions. So feel free to put them in the chat right now. Um, we appreciate that. And um, and actually, no, Walt just, uh, Walt just jumped the gun. So I'll do a little bit of your questions and I'll do some of the viewer submitted questions because some people couldn't be here tonight. So they wanted to submit those questions. So first off the bat, we have Walt McKinley saying, what is the biggest struggle you're working through and growing from right now? Whew. Right this minute? <laughs> <laughs> what struggle am I working on or going through right now? Um, I tend to have elevated expectations of other people. And so I'm working through the fact that, you know, unless we communicate those expectations to other people and find out if they're realistic or not, then we can set ourselves up for um, some frustration, if you will. 
Uh, and sometimes, you know, we have those expectations of people, but we don't really understand what it is they're going through. So I think right now it's, it's managing expectations because I sit there and have this expectation. If I deliver the information to you and you actually want it, that you're actually going to go do something with it. And so many people say, you know, thank you for answering that question. I'll think about it or whatever. But for me, the expectation is that you're going to go act on it and you're going to go do something with it. And so right now I'm having a little bit of frustration, uh, here this week and it's only Tuesday, uh, with my expectations being a little bit distorted. So I have to go back and kind of just take some time for myself. And this is important guys, when your expectations aren't being met or you feel like you're frustrated all the time, that's one of the important things you could do is take time back, you know, step back from the situation, step back from the things that are frustrating you and give yourself, give yourself some time because sometimes maybe that thing that's frustrating you, maybe isn't the thing that you're supposed to be focusing on anymore, or maybe that relationship isn't what you're supposed to be focusing on. So I love that question, Walt, because you know, for me, every time when I get an opportunity to go through a particular challenge, for me, I look at it and I ask myself this question, what is it that I'm supposed to be learning from this particular situation so that by which I, when I learn it, I can help other people go through that same, ex same exact situation, but I can have experience and knowledge from having personally dealt with it. Um, that's one thing I pride myself on massively is that as a coach, I'm not certified by ICF or anything else. I'm certified by the school of hard knocks and, and I graduated from the college of adversity. So I have a lot of experience, whether I've gone through it myself or I've coached somebody through those experiences. That's why I'm not a relationship coach anymore because I found myself giving the advice, but not taking the advice. And that was some 10 years ago. So that's why I really, you know, focus on mindset coaching, but, um, yeah. So to answer that question right now, my expectations, um, uh, in all sense of the sense of the word, for some reason in the last couple of days is just being kind of blown out of the water. So I'm realizing that perhaps this is an opportunity for me to step back and ask myself, are my expectations realistic? Um, is there something that perhaps that I'm being disappointed by that's a more of a deeper root cause that's something from my childhood or something else from stored trauma in our, in our bodies, in our, in our lives. There's a, the body keeps score is a great book that talks about that. Because when you think about it, I've talked about this on the show, the conditioning process that happens from the age of zero to five, that's really where our personality is laid out. And so for the rest of our life, we wind up going and finding validation for some of those perspectives that we have. And it isn't until we get older when we kind of have to stay, take a step back and say, okay, is it this particular event or these events that are causing me the situation? Or is it something that's deeply rooted in something in my past that I need to go do some work on and try to figure out? And I'm fully aware that I know I've done a ton of work on myself, but I still feel that there are some other areas in my life that I need to address. But I think I've done so much work on them that now I'm examining actually plant-based medicine. So one of the questions that I can ask myself is what other opportunities, what other uh, uh, avenues can I explore in order to continue doing that deep inner work? And that's the one thing I want to stress across to you guys is no matter where you're at in your journey, you're not going to ever have it all figured out. You know, trust me, people sit there and say, Chris, I love your energy and I love your enthusiasm and you're always so positive and you're always so this and you're always so that. You see me for an hour on a show. You see me on a social media soundbite. You see me in a walk and talk video. You don't see me the other 23 hours of the day where sometimes I do struggle with depression. Sometimes I do struggle with anxiety, but I actually look forward to those opportunities again, because that's what's going to help me grow and learn more about myself and make different choices and different decisions that help are in alignment with our values. So that's a question you can ask yourself is what are my values, right? Talk about this, write this down. What are my values? And then as you're making your choices and your decisions in your life, are they in alignment with at least your top five values? You know, that's something I subscribe to as well. And periodically, actually, I need to do it again. God is my witness. I need to sit there and write down what my five top values are. And then as I'm going through my life and in my relationships, you know, business and personal, 
Am I in alignment with those values? Is this person in alignment with those particular values at this particular moment in time? And if they're not, then we have some tough decisions to make in order to move ourselves past those frustrating situations that might be hiding some deeper meaning for us to grow. So thank you, Walt, for that question. I appreciate you for that. Um, I'm going to check your comments out for a second. You guys are all beautiful people. I love you. I love you. I love you. Um, so this question is... Um, this one's from Alev, I think it is. I can't pronounce her last name, but this is a Facebook question. Why do some people make choices that are actually harder on themselves that impact other areas of their life in job and relationships? So think about that. Why are why do some people make choices that are actually harder on themselves? You know, sometimes that honestly, that is that self-inflicted punishment. Some people actually um, sabotage them, their own success because of hidden feelings of guilt and shame. So when you think about the choices that you're making, are they fulfilling the fact that of the legacy that you want to leave? Yes or no? Is this choice, is this getting me to the closer to my legacy, closer to what I want to be remembered for or further away? And I give you this example when people are eating bad food. If somebody comes to me and they want to lose weight, they want to get in better physical condition, mental condition. I ask them, you know, when you take some, when you pick something up, ask yourself, is this going to further my longevity or shorten it? Right? You think about that and you can ask yourself about that sugar. You're like, if you're having sugar in small amounts, sure. No problem. If you're eating a half a bag of M&M Reese's peanut butter cups every single night, then guess what? That sugar potentially could trigger cancer in your body and that cancer feeds on that sugar. So no, you're not making the right choice. Of course you can splurge and stuff like that. I'm not talking about being totally militant, but in what she's talking about here, why do some people make choices that are actually harder on themselves that impact other areas of their life and their job and their relationships? Because they're sabotaging their own success. They're afraid of success. They're afraid that if they go for what it is that they want, that they're going to fail or they're going to, it's not going to meet up to their expectations. I've had people come to me all the time with this. <clears throat> and so it depends on the exact situation and the circumstance. But I find a lot of people shoot themselves in the foot because they feel they don't feel worthy enough for that success. Um, and th again, they're jeopardizing their success based on the fact of previous experiences where they have gone for something and they haven't achieved it. So sometimes in people's eyes, it's better to have the dream not materialize and not gone for than to go for the dream and realize that it wasn't the dream they wanted or that it wasn't up to their expectations. Again, going back to expectations. So thank you, Elev. Uh, I think it's A-L-E-V. So uh, thank you for that question. I appreciate that. Um, let's go ahead and see if there's any other questions here. You guys are beautiful. Um, da, da, da. Jacqueline Rose says here, in order to heal the world, we have to heal ourselves." Boom. That was the show that Scott and I did Friday night, um, how to change the world. And the, you change the world by changing yourself with inside. Um, we got Robert saying, got to be, got to be a Canadian, even though unofficially American will never be official, but my parents were married. Um, we got, uh, Joe says, Walt episode seven with Tara was fire. Yes, absolutely. I think I have somebody hanging on me right now. Um, then we got mm -hmm. Serena, we got Christopher saying here, how have you reset your mind when you're too frustrated with an issue in the past currently and plan to do moving forward? Let me think about that second again. Thank you, buddy. My little man just sitting here giving me a piece of gum. Thank you, buddy. I appreciate it. I'm actually doing a show right now. We're going to do your show one of these days too, right? Oh, yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, my, my son. Jackson Christopher Roush. Okay, I gotta I gotta concentrate, buddy. Thank you for the gum. Okay, so let me go back to this. How have you reset your mind when too frustrated with an issue in the past, currently, and plan to do moving forward? Uh, you know, again, it, it really goes back to kind of what I said before when Walt asked me that question. Jackson, can you close the door, please? Um, yeah. Thank you, Bubba. I love you. Thank you. 
Um, again, it goes back to expectations, right? Um, when you think about something, you know, when you're frustrated with something and your expectations are too high, the biggest thing that I say is to communicate that with whoever it is that you're having that frustration with. And, you know, so many times we sit in quiet desperation, hoping, wishing, and praying that that something's going to change. But the best thing we could do, as uncomfortable and as hard as it is, is to have that honest communication, whatever who it is that's causing you the frustration. Um, and with it, if it's something within the past. Let me see. Uh, with an issue in the past, currently, and plan to do moving forward. I'm a little, I'm a little off on what it is exactly you're asking, but you know, frustration is un, is expectations unmet. I think I've said that before. Um, so you know, especially if it's something in the past that you can't make amends with, you know, depending on the person that it, that it's with. For me, I find that journaling is massively important. You know, sitting down and just starting to write, just do some free writing, give yourself about 15 or 20 minutes and see what comes up and see where it actually is related to something that's a deeper issue. Because a lot of our frustration, again, stems from something that perhaps happened in our childhood where we weren't fulfilled in a particular area or it's a feeling of not being worthy enough in situations like that. So that's what I highly recommend to that. Um, let's see what Debbie says here. She says, my answer to Walt's question, I have some trouble detaching from other people's problems, loved ones. Oh Lord. Yeah. Debbie, you're, you're, you're singing to the choir. I, I can totally appreciate that as well. You know, it's, uh, sometimes, you know, the thing I've learned with, with friends and family and stuff like that, I was actually on an interview or being interviewed earlier today. And they were asking me about, you know, what's one of the biggest challenges is being a coach. And I said, seeing people that, you know, and love shooting themselves in the foot and wanting so much to know, or, you know, that you have the answers, you know, you have the solutions, but they're not receptive. They're not ready to have you engage with them in that particular moment in time. So the thing that's been challenging for me is to be able to step back and sit there and say, okay, when I think about my life and I think about all the challenges that I've gone through, I'm thankful for all those challenges because it's helped shaped me to become the man that I am today. And so when I think about that, I can't rob somebody else of that particular situation that might they might need to experience rock bottom, if you will. Um, I can't be there to interfere with that because they need to go through that experience in order to learn their lesson their way. You know, I can sit there and proactively say, listen, if you don't take care of that, you're going to get diabetes. You're going to get this. You're going to get that. You're going to get this. Potentially, you know, I'm, I'm not fucking Nostradamus, but at the same time, you know, I can want it for them so badly. And that's where one area where my expectations do get a little bit frustrated is I can want it for them so badly, but ultimately for them, they have to experience that for themselves. So what I do and what I tell myself is even though they're going to have to, I may have to watch the car crash. I'll be there to administer CPR when they're ready. And back admittedly back in my younger days, I'd be like, well, fuck them then. You know, if they don't want my advice right now, then when they come running to me, when they're, when they're, when they finally realize that I was right, then I'm not going to be there for them. And I'll admit I was like that. I've been on a growth journey. I'm 54 years old. I'm certainly not, you know, 28 anymore. And so now I've kind of realized that, you know, that's kind of a dick thing to say. Um, but at the same time, that's, that's how I felt, you know, just being honest with you guys. That's what I'm always going to be with you guys is real. So for me now, it's like, I can't rob them of that experience. So I have no animosity. They're not taking my advice or coming to seek my advice. I will be there for them when they fall down and help them lift them up and not tell them that I told you so, you know, that's super important. Um, let's see. What else we got? Uh, we got Alex, Alexis, sorry. Alexis says, uh, what's an emotion that you feel the most positive and negative and why? Ooh, damn Alexis. That's a great question. What's an emotion that you feel the most positive and negative and why? Let's see. Positive. I feel hopelessly optimistic. I feel very optimistic that yes, we can change the world. We can change what is going on in the world, no matter where we're at in the world. I believe that if everybody stopped watching the news and stopped following politics for two weeks 
and that every single one of us every day just did one nice thing for somebody we don't know. And everybody did that across the entire spinning blue marble that we're happen to be living on that I believe the world can change. So I'm a hopeless romantic in that respect. I believe that we truly can change the world. I believe we can let down, uh, let down our guard and our armor about what's going on in the world today. The divisiveness, especially here in the United States. I know that this, this podcast is out in nine countries now. Thank you very much all over the world. And so I have this firm belief in this faith that we can work it out and we can stop the divisiveness and the, the left and the right and the, the Trumps and the non-Trumps and the Bidens and not Bidens, all that crap that's going on, the vaxxers, the not vaxxers. I know that ultimately we are more the same than we are different. And that ultimately from the conversations that I've had that we can change and we want basically the same thing. It's just the manner in which that we go about it. So that's my positive one. My negative emotion that I feel a lot, quite honestly, is anxiety. You know, I struggle with anxiety. I woke up yesterday and I just felt anxious. I did not want to face the day. I did not want to get out of bed. I was just like, fuck, I feel like the weight of the world is on my shoulders right now. So much as much as I am a hopeless romantic about what can happen in the world, there is a part of me that's very, very realistic and very honest with myself to say, fuck. I mean, I think we're headed for a crash. I think we're headed for something negative and something horrible. And the God's honest truth, ever since I was a little kid, I always knew for some reason, I didn't know how, but I just knew that something big was going to happen in my life that I was going to be a witness to, and that perhaps potentially I could be a solution for it. You can see one of my, my associate producer back there on the, on the, the thing. Oh, there he is. You want to see my Kiki? Oh, this is my big chunk. This is my big chunk. This is Gizmo. Say hi, Gizmo. I'm answering questions, Gizmo. That's what we do. Ladies and gentlemen, we have kitty cat love. Yeah. We have kitty cat love. Yeah, buddy. Um, so yeah, so the negative emotion, I guess you would say is anxiety, but I don't really consider it negative in all that because it offers me that opportunity to look within myself and find out, okay, where's that scarcity mindset coming? Where's that fear mindset coming from? There's nothing I could do to change what's going to go on. What I can do is I can change how it is that I'm going to respond to it and potentially do a little proactive planning if I feel that it's actually going to come to fruition. So that is a great question, Alexis. I hope I answered that correctly for you, but uh, yeah, I'm actually going to use that one. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, Walt McKinney says, uh, always growing and working on being our best selves. Let's fucking go hundred percent. We got Kellen Ann in the house. She's going to be a newly published author. If not already, I saw your book release Kellen and I will get on that. So Kellen as a, a longtime friend, I've been on her show and she says, the question I had to ask myself to be truly happy was, is your life's path in alignment with your values? Exactly, Kellen. That's what I was just talking about. Those values, like have your five values that you can recite at any moment in time and ask yourself, are they in alignment with what I'm doing? And if they're not, you need to stop what it is that you've been doing. Otherwise, you're going to regret it later. Plus, otherwise, what else is it that you're going to attract in your life? If you're not in alignment with the values there, what potentially else might you be out of alignment with? So you have to be very, very congruent. You have to be very disciplined in order to have the life that you truly want and that you deserve. So many times we put up with so much other stuff that we take the weight of the world on our shoulders and we have so much stuff that we never realize how much we've actually taken on. So here's a, here's a gift for you guys. Take out a pad of paper and write down what you're tolerating from yourself, what you're tolerating from others, and then what you're tolerating from inanimate objects. So when you do this exercise, you have to be honest with yourself again, ladies and gentlemen, when my clients do it, 99% of them come back and have three or four things in each one of the categories. And I'm like, oh, that looks nice. I said, are you sure? Are you being really honest? I'm like, yeah, Chris. Yeah, yeah. But I already know them by that point. So I invite them to go back and really be pay attention. I said, don't be embarrassed if you come back with 15 things on each one of the lists. I'm not going to judge you. I know that a lot of us take on things. I personally did this exercise years ago. That's how I came up with it. Um, you know, is the fact that we don't know what we've taken on. So look at all the things that you're tolerating and make that list. And then what I do is I ask my clients, okay, what big one 
by which if you got rid of that toleration would allow you some freedom and opportunity and time and space and money, would it perhaps to be able to go after the things that's really and truly important to you as opposed to serving what other people want from you. And we tend to do that. We're people pleasers. Again, going back to that childhood conditioning when we're kids, what do we want? We want mommy and daddy's love and affection. We want the teacher's love and affection. We want everybody's love and affection. But guess what? We do it to our own detriment. We want to make everybody happy. We want to fit in with everybody. We want to be the people pleaser and everything else. And I was that dude. I was telling somebody again on the interview today, you're going to have to check out this uh, interview that I did. They asked some really great questions too. It was Camden and Otis. It's going to be out in a couple of days, I think. Um, but they asked that great question. So when I think about, you know, if you're not in alignment with your values, then what are you really doing this for? So that people pleasing aspect of it, you got to stop that. And that's something that I was doing. I was very guilty of it. I figured out that the, the definition of success was being able to be whoever I needed to be for that person in that particular moment in time to get what I needed in order to move on. Not that I was using people, but I was using the predictability. As long as I was that that person needed, I would probably get a favorable answer or I would get a, a promotion or whatever it was else that I was looking for to continue my advancement. But was it in alignment with my values? No, it wasn't. So I had to readdress what my values were and take different actions. And of course, that upset some people. But when I had those conversations and said, listen, listen, what I've been doing for you has not been serving me and I've been doing it anyway just to make you happy. So here's what I'm going to do. I continue. I want to continue to serve you and provide you what you need, but we need to do it in a much different manner. So rather than you asking for it the same day and me giving it to you the same day, how about if I give it to you within two days? Was that reasonable? Is that fair? That's an, that's a little great, uh, conversation point, by the way, when you ask somebody, is that reasonable or is that fair? Most people cannot argue with that. As long as it is reasonable and fair, they will feel like a dumbass saying, no, that's not fair. Or that's not reasonable. So most times they will say, yes, that's just a little negotiation strategy for you guys. So thank you, Kellen for that. I appreciate you that, um, Robert asked the question. He says, what is the best way to respond to a narcissist who even became a resident of coop laid down false narratives that would build to a conclusion also false that creates by the sharing of its criminal tort. Um, yeah, I don't know what you're asking, Robert. <laughs> um, the best way to respond to a narcissist was, is again with honesty, you know, just let them know in a polite, positive way. Hey, listen, do you realize that when you speak, you come off this way? Because let me tell you something. I ask people all the time to give me feedback on what I can do to, to improve. And I get, Oh, Chris, you're great. You're great. You're great. But I've learned in my life that sometimes those people tend to talk behind your back and will tell you, oh, but he needs to do this. He needs to do this. So when you're dealing with a narcissist, sometimes they don't know what it is that they're doing. And if you point it out to them in a polite, proper way, perhaps that will be the leverage that they need to be able to switch to what it is that they're focusing on. Because sometimes we don't see what we don't see. We don't know what we don't know. We don't know what we don't know. And another different way of saying it is we can't see the picture when we're in the frame. So yes, I've dealt with many, 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 many narcissists. And sometimes when I've had those conversations, they still come back at me with a bite and I just wish them well. So uh, I personally don't deal with the narcissist. I wish them well. I hope they have a great life and they do what they need to do. But I separate myself from those people who think they're holier than thou or better than anybody else because I lived with one for 42 years of my life. My mother was a narcissist, which you're going to be reading the book, by the way, pretty soon. Let me just, in case you haven't seen it, let me just do this little plug. I'm going to be doing a, a promotion pretty quick. So here's my book coming up. It's called, it's just doing me kid. Uh, the subtitle is going to change, but check that out. Ron is scripted. Ooh, I like it. Yeah. Right now it says the true story of a mother and son survival on the streets of California. Um, we're going to change that a little bit, but uh, I'm really, really proud of how this book is coming together and special appreciation to my buddy Walt for, uh, for holding me accountable every single week. We hold each other accountable and we have a good time at it. Um, so thank you guys for that. Uh, Jacqueline Rose says, I am a food addict. I used to overeat when something bothered me. Yeah. You know, when you're sitting there trying to run an escape, you know, a lot of times we're escaping our, 
we're escaping our current situation by going to our short-term gratifications. And what is that? That's usually some sort of addiction, whether it's shopping, Netflix, sex, drugs, rock and roll, not, rock and roll, not rock and roll, but you know what I'm saying? So we go to that short-term gratification to escape our lives because we're not dealing with the root cause of what it is that's causing us that frustration. And I see that, um, I see that so many different times and, um, yes. So I'm, I'm trying to read and talk at the same time. So, um, I'm glad that you're over that as well. And, uh, Walt says here, bring Jackson on with you. Uh, I would, but I actually heard that my wife and my mother-in-law were getting home. So I figured he was going to be running out anyway. So I didn't want to bring him on and then have him run out. So, um, yeah, he's an amazing soul. We're going to be doing the Jackson and daddy show whenever he's ready to do that. Um, so thank you for that. Thank you guys for that. Uh, let's see. Bah, 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 bah. Um, Alexa said, uh, yes, thank you. Love it. Appreciate it. She said, I'm a cutie. Ooh, I'm a cutie. Thank you. You're so sweet. Um, there goes my dog. Um, oh, I love you, Gizmo. Yes, he is amazing. He's amazing. Uh, Serena says here, I must have missed these ones. Uh, Serena says, uh, negative is fear based behavior, 100%. 100%. Uh, uh, Serena says here, yes, Christopher Roush, staying positive through all the chaos, keep the spirit alive, 100%. Um, Alexa says, Ooh, bigger picture. I love that. I feel that daily too. Like how to make uh impact globally, 100%. Just being the best that we can positively possibly be um, is a great way to make the world better. You know, right? If we, if and that's my goal is to help people heal within themselves because we know hurt people hurt people, and so if I can sit there and make that dent and get people to love themselves, it's pretty incredible what can happen. Because when you're not mad at yourself and you love yourself and you find worthiness in yourself. Are you going to be that attacking person? Are you going to be that condescending person? Are you going to be that narcissist? No, you're going to find love and beauty in all things. And you're going to try to figure out how to bring that love and beauty out in other people. And that's all I want, right? I used to be kind of negative and, and, you know, not angry and stuff like that, but you know, I would get hostile on occasion. And now I just fill myself with a love, just lots of love and want to spread that love around. Except for when I get behind the steering wheel, I become an asshole when I get behind the steering wheel. I don't know what it is, but, uh, people just that, that, that situation, I have to really set my expo expo expectations for the fact that I'm going to be driving. And this is another point, you know, with expectations, I want people to use their, their turn directional. Why can't you just pull the little lever down and just let me know where you're fucking going? <sighs> no. When I get in the car now, I sit there and say, you know what, Chris, you have an amazing life. You're not in a hurry for a rush for anything, but imagine these people are trying to get to their second job. Imagine, you know, they're single parents who just got divorced. Imagine they're trying to make up from COVID all these different things that people are struggling with. Can I have some compassion for the fact that they might not be driving to my expectation? Yes or no. Yes. So I kind of plant that in a plant a seed in my brain so that when somebody does irritate me, I just give them grace. It's like, oh, maybe they're on, maybe they're on their way to the hospital to pick up their daughter, you know, because their daughter's in an accident, whatever it might be. And when I do that, I find myself, I'm just, I, I release that tension. And that's something we need to do as, as far as what we're doing for our health, because if we're carrying around all this negativity and animosity and hatred and everything else towards the world, that's toxic with inside here. And that's toxic with inside here. And when you think about the people that you love the most, when you think about the people you love the most, do they deserve that part of you? And I know I've been guilty of this many, many times myself. I mean, I'm raising my hand. Sometimes I used to come home from work and be in a pissed off mood and I would not take it out on my family, but I just wouldn't be the best husband or the best dad that I possibly could be because I was carrying that hatred and that animosity with me from, from work. And so what I started doing was being very intentional wherever I change paths, I guess, like from here, I'm going to go from podcast, no excuses, coach. I'm going to give myself a few minutes to decompress from this. Cause I'm having a great time with you guys. And then I'll be like, okay, when I go downstairs, I'm going to be dad and I'm going to be husband and I'm going to be caretaker for my mother-in-law. And I'm going to switch my gears so that I can be the best possible person in those situations authentically that I could possibly be rather than carrying across some of the frustrations I've been experiencing today. So I hope that all makes sense. 
Um, da, 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 let's see. Uh, Alexa says, yes, thank you. Love it. Appreciate you. Um, Jacqueline Rose says here, I tend to try to find people. I'm like trying to read your writing there, Jacqueline. I tend to try to five people, but I got to realize not everyone can't be helped. Uh, how can I stop doing that? Again, it goes back to expectations, Jacqueline. You know, when you're sitting there having an expectation that pe- that you want to help people and they don't want to do that, um, just have more realistic expectations. So my thing is, I say, you know, are you open to some feedback? Are you open to some 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 constructive criticism? Um, is there something I could tell you that perhaps might help you in your relationships? Things of that nature. But so many times, I mean, me, for example, I was so passionate about trying to help people, wanting them to be better for themselves that I wanted it more than they did. And that's one of the things that I have to be careful with because I do love people and I do want people to be so successful. But again, it's about having those boundaries within myself to say, I can't rob that person of that experience. So as much as I know, and as much as I want, I need to let that person have that experience for themselves so they can get it their way. It's something that I'm learning with my son, quite honestly, you know, I sit there in Jackson, you know, don't play with the water. Don't play, don't play with the stove. Don't play. But how do we learn? How do most of us learn? How do we learn? We learn by falling down. We learn by scraping ourselves up. We learn by burning our hand. We learn by shocking ourselves. We learn most situations the hard way. And so sometimes you just have to have grace and let people go through that experiences for themselves. Thank you. Uh, Paul Roscoe White says, when I talk about balancing mind, body, and soul, I suggest people listen and play music. Every guitar has a story. What's yours? Uh, Thank you. I love that. I love music is like when music where words fail, music speaks. I mean, I've got that up on a, on a, on a post right up there on a, on a picture frame up there. Um, yes. You know, um, what's, what's every guitar has a story. Um, well that guitar right here is a Gibson Les Paul copy of like a 58. I think it is, um, that I bought off of a guy who was a guitar aficionado who was selling some things in his collection. So I bought that for 500 bucks. So I love that. I actually have a tattoo of that on my right there. Let's see if you can see it. Um, let's see. Can you see the guitar? Yeah. So, yeah. So I have a guitar. So that guitar has a story. Oops. Make sure my chair didn't. So that guitar has a story. The guitar behind me, the Brett Michaels guitar, actually this one, um, that one I bought while I was drunk watching all things. I was flipping channels and I was flipping past home shopping network. And there was Brett Michaels selling this guitar. And I figured it was gonna be like a thousand dollars and it was 299 bucks. And I love, love the sound of that guitar. So there's a story of that. I hope that's what you were asking. Um, Serena says here, discipline is the key to success. hundred percent. I'm going to actually be doing a workshop on resiliency pretty here, pretty soon here. So if you guys are interested in learning about resiliency, confidence, courage, discipline, uh, let me know because I'm going to be opening it up. I'm only going to take 10 people for this. So, um, I'll have more information of course on that. I offered this workshop last year and it was a hit. So I'm going to be doing that again. Uh, Jacqueline says here, I was a people pleaser for, uh, people pleaser for a lot of years. No more hundred percent, but we got to be careful. Sometimes we tend to be people pleasers. And then we go, we get, uh, we get, um, we get frustrated and then we get like, well, I'm just not going to help anybody anymore. You know, we just all guarded, like nobody appreciates my, my advice. So I'm just not going to do that anymore. I'm just not going to help anybody anymore. So you got to be careful. You know, I'm not saying you're going to do that, Jacqueline, but I've seen people do that. Well, people just don't take my advice anyway. So I'm just not going to help them. I'm just going to let them hurt themselves or whatever. We gotta, we gotta, we gotta pick and choose who it is that we're helping with and how we approach that situation. So for me, I let people know, listen, I see what's going on in your life when you're ready. If you need to, I'm here for you. Um, I see that you're going on this journey and you're doing it about your own way. That's totally fine. You know, let those people know that you care, but you see something going on and perhaps if they're receptive, they're going to sit there and say, you know what? Okay. I'm, I'm ready to listen. I'm ready to change. But it's all about the receptiveness. It's all about the readiness. And that's the, one of the biggest lessons I've had to learn in my life 
is to is to back off and to be patient because you know like you see somebody bleeding for some reason my face is itching um when you see somebody bleeding you want to go over and put the bandage on them but sometimes they just want to put the bandage on themselves and be on their way so um yes 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 um let's see i'm going to take one of the um let's see oh Walt has a, a question. So Stephanie asked, is there anything you learned about yourself while writing your book? Oh, <laughs> yeah. Um, how in the fuck am I still here? That's, that's pretty much it. I've been through so much stuff and Walt and I were talking about this because he wrote his memoir monsters in my house by way, ladies and gentlemen, go check it out if you haven't. Um, yeah, the thing I've discovered while writing the book is just how absolutely resilient I am, how unstoppable I truly am, how I own that no excuses uh, in every step of the way that I've been here through all the challenges and tribulations from being homeless to all sorts of different things that have happened in my life, betrayal, all sorts of different things um, that I'm surprised I'm still here and I'm surprised I'm as good enough a person as I am. You know, We've all got our faults and our challenges, but I'm a pretty decent person. I'm a pretty good person. I love people. I wanna make this world a better place. And so this journey of, of rereading this book and just be like, Oh my God. I literally thought the other day, this is the truth. I literally thought, and I said out loud, somebody's going to read half this book and go, fuck, I can't read anymore because this guy doesn't seem to catch a break. Well, obviously I catch a break cause I'm still here talking to you guys, but the, the, the journey has been, uh, one of, uh, of, of a very tough tale. But at the same time, what I'm finding is as I've written it now, I'm going back and reading, I've been writing it since October of 2020. As I'm going back and reading it, even now I'm starting to forget what it is that I wrote. So I'm glad that I wrote it back then. So I think as part of this um, therapeutic session of getting this stuff all out and being as detailed as I am, that I'm able to process it differently and see it differently, see it more for the reason why it happened for me to be the man I am today, to be able to write the book that I'm writing today, to be able to help you the way I'm helping you guys today. And, and we're all growing and elevating at the same time. So that's a great question, Steph. It's, um, it's been crazy. Um, but I'm glad I'm going through this process. And I really believe that once it's out in people's hands, there's going to be a lot more healing that's going to come with it because I'm going to realize again, the substantive, um, impact of wherever you're at in your life. Right. And I truly, truly believe this, you know, matter if you're 60 you're 70 or 20, whoever's watching this or listening to this, wherever you're at in your life, everything is happening for you. And what would you say if everything was preparing you for what's next? Right. We're always, oh, we're always even thinking about the past and bitching about that. And like, oh, that fucking this, then that, and the other thing. And this is why I am the way I am. Or we're worried about the future. Oh, what if this, what if this, what if this, but we're never living truly in the moment. That's one thing I've really, truly realized in the last, I don't know, three or four years, especially since I left corporate is being in the moment, man. We always think that we're going to be happier when we, when we're famous or when we're rich or when we have more shit. That lasts for a minute. That lasts for a minute. I've been blessed to talk to rock stars, famous actors, um, politicians. I've talked to people who are millionaires, billionaires. And the one thing they have all in common that they've been super honest with me, like Chris, the money and everything is great. I don't have to work another day in my life. I can go do whatever I want, but yet I wake up anxious because I'm, I'm not fulfilled, right? So we think all those things are going to provide that for us when the fact what's going to provide the best fulfillment is knowing that we're on point with our legacy knowing that every single day that if this is my last day and this is the last thing I ever do, I will feel blessed. I will feel blessed. I'll feel like my life is cut short, but I will feel blessed of all the impacts that I've had because I know you guys would show up at a memorial service, a, a celebration of life. And most of you guys would be like, oh my God, Chris helped me with this. Or he was so inspirational. He helped me with this. I know that my life was not, that my journey was, was not for nothing. 
And to be able to say that and have that peace in my heart, yeah, it would kill me if I knew I was dying. I wasn't going to be able to see my son grow up. But at the same time, because I've been so intentional with who I am and who I'm becoming and being open to that process, it's helped me resolve a lot of issues that I've had in my past. And uh, I'll, tell, I'll tell you the story real quick. And I've got some other, other questions I would definitely want to get to. And thank you again, guys, for this. I appreciate this. I needed this tonight just to be able to just chill and chill with my friends and my and my fans out there. Um, in reading part of the book, you know, I talk about my sister. I left my sister left when she was 16 years old and I was nine years old. And she said, baby brother, I can't take mom anymore. I'm out of here. And my sister had a great biological dad. He was normal by all sense of the word. My mother was batshit crazy, various psychological disorders and chemical dependencies. That's why their marriage didn't last. And he got remarried and had a normal wife and everything. And my sister left when she was 16. And I figured throughout my life that she probably turned out normal and probably successful and you know nothing like my mother and everything else. But when we got reunited back in 2005, I didn't see her from 1978 or 79, I think it was, until 2005. So she was in her 40s. I was in my 30s. She's seven years older than I am. And I was shocked to death to figure out, to find out that she was exactly like my mom. She held on to that victim stuff so much in her entire life that she became exactly like my mom to the point a year after we got reunited, I had to wish her well right? You talk about tolerations, you talk about frustrations. In the book, I'm writing like, I want this from Rhea. I could help her and I could help her change, but she did not want to. And I was not going to stick around for that toxicity. I already had one person I had to take care of, which was my mom. She got that spot. I'm not doing that for anybody else. So if you want to be a victim, if you want to live in the past and blame everybody else, then so be it. And she was like, when we first got reunited, she's like, baby brother, I'm so sorry that you had to go through a mom. And you know, I wish I was there to help. And then my mom started crashing again, which you'll read about in the book. And my sister was there and she didn't help. She couldn't even call my mom on Christmas to wish her a Merry Christmas. So adios amigos. I wish you all the best. I hope you have a great life. I sent her a nice email and I said, don't contact me anymore. Adios, you know, have a good one. Um, so yeah, there's been a lot of openings, eye openings during the book. And I really, really believe it's going to be a huge impact for a lot of people in so many different ways. So thank you for that. Thank you for that. We got Gabe in the house. What's up, Gabe Leal? I hope I got the pronunciation of your name right. Uh, I'm not too, too familiar with you. I don't recognize your name, but thank you for being here. I appreciate it. Um, I think Robert and perhaps Gabe know each other. Uh, Walt says here to live, uh, to live life truly happy. You have to get rid of expectations. Learn this the hard way, hundred percent. Um, and before I take Alexis question, I'm going to get, uh, Debbie said, asked a question earlier. She says, what advice do you give someone who has a lot to offer to be successful, but is still trying to find their niche or niche? However you say it, what advice do you give to someone who has a lot to offer to be successful, but is still trying to find their niche? The best thing you could do is take imperfect action. When you're still trying to figure out who it is that you want to serve in your business, perhaps, for example, if you're an entrepreneur, you're in business and you're trying to figure out, okay, who do I serve exactly? That's been one of the biggest, uh, elephants in the room, if you will, not elephants in the room. That's been one of the, you know, what's the fucking word I'm trying to look for. That's one of the, that's one of the things that's been challenging for me to find. I'm trying to think of the exact phrase of that. Um, so when you get, when you're out there, just start doing what it is that you're so passionate about. And then chances are you're going to attract your, your tribe. They say your vibe attracts your tribe. So for me, when I first set out to be a professional speaker and a coach, I thought, okay, I got to wear a suit and tie. I got to do the little triangle pose thing. And I got to go out there and talk like everybody else. And when I went out there and did that, I realized that that wasn't me. That wasn't being congruent with who I was and who I am. And so I asked myself, if I'm going to do this and I'm going to suck at it, I'm going to suck at it being me. And that's when I made the determination to go out there and just be me, just bandana. You know, I just wear that because I don't like sweating. Um, God's honest truth. There's no, for, no other reason, but I just don't like sweating. 
And so, and obviously now it's a brand and people get to know me and they see me like that. And I take pictures without my hat on people are like, Oh my God, I didn't even fucking recognize you. But back to the question, um, when you're out there doing, taking that action, you're going to figure it out as you grow. And what you want to do is basically what I find is I serve the people that I was once like. So a lot of my clients that are coming to me now are comfortably miserable. They are, they have a good job. They have a good relationship. They have a good life, but they're realizing now as they approach their mid forties, fifties, and even sixties, like, no, I didn't come here just to be good. I didn't come here just to collect all these things and still be miserable. You got to find what lights your heart up. What is the thing that pisses you off the most? And then go out there and find the solution to that. And as you're doing that, being who you truly are, like for me, I've been on shows where I'm like, is it okay if, you know, if I speak candidly or, you know, speak colorfully and they're like, what are you trying to say? I'm like, is it okay if I swear? Oh, fuck yeah. We love swearing. Oh my God. That's so cool. We got a good one on the show today. We had that earlier today when the show I was on, like, fuck, just be you, man. Fuck. Yeah. And I was like, all right. You know, so your vibe attracts your tribe. And then when you do that, you know, as you're going along your route, you know, figure out who it is you want to serve the most. What, what, what lifts you up the most? You know, some people like to deal with, with specifically women or specifically men, whatever it might be, you know, as you're doing it, but go take that imperfect action because so many times we sit there and we wait and we go, okay, uh, I've got everything ready, but I just don't know who I serve. Hmm. Okay. Maybe it'll come to me. It'll come to you, come to you as you start taking that action, as you start taking that thoughtful action and start saying, okay, who am I resonating with? And they will find you. Trust me, they will find you. And whenever it resonates, that's the, that's the way to go. So thank you, Debbie, for that question. Um, Adam Duvall asked the question. He's in the UK right now. So it's three o'clock in the morning there. He says, when you hear the words resilient and resilience and adversity, what comes to you and why? Oh man, we could talk about this all day long. We've already been going for 47 minutes. We might go a little bit over tonight. Um, is that okay? Let me know if that's okay. If we can go just a little bit over resilience and adversity, what comes to what comes to you and why? Um, that comes to me. That that's my story. Like really, all of us. I don't care who you are or where you've been. I've seen people have the perfect life, and they don't think that they're resilient. They don't think they're disciplined. But when you really get serious with yourself. And one person I really highly recommend that you, you, I studied him was David Goggins. You guys might be familiar with David Goggins. He wrote a book that's it's titled, You Can't Hurt Me. And now his new book, I can't remember the title of it right now, but I'm actually listening to it. David Goggins is an excellent example of resiliency and tenacity um, in what he's done with his life. I don't believe that everybody should go out there and literally try to kill themselves while doing, you know, all these crazy things. But I think there's a lot to learn in there and just pushing yourself and finding out what you're truly made of. And that's one thing for me that I do when I do 75 hard is it's 75 days of two workouts a day for 45 minutes each. One of them has to be outside. Um, 10 pages in a personal development book, but you cannot listen to it. You have to read it. A daily progress picture, um, a gallon of water a day and no bad food, no sugar for me, no wheat, no gluten, no sugar. And I do that for 75 days. And for me, when I think about resiliency, resiliency is when you are getting into bed at 11 o'clock at night and you're, you're super exhausted. You have to get up at three o'clock in the morning and you realize you did not do your second workout and nobody's around and you could literally go to sleep and tell everybody I did my second workout. Nobody would ever know, but that resilience that resiliency is to say, no, fuck that. I'm not that person. I'm going to get up and I'm going to put my shoes and socks on. And I'm going to go out and do my 45 minute workout at 11 o'clock at night. Because when I go, when I get back here and I put my head on this pillow, I want to know that I'm authentic. I'm congruent and I'm not bullshitting anybody, especially myself. And so many people are out there. I'm not saying you guys are doing that, but a lot of people out there are bullshitting themselves and they're lying to themselves and they're sitting there hoping, wishing and praying that something's going to change and nothing changes until you get real with yourself. And so when I think about resiliency and adversity, I think that's the way we sharpen our ourselves. And that's the way we really find out what we're truly made of, because I can guarantee you this. And I've done this with people. I've gone dark. People say, you know, they, they say, what's your biggest issue right now? They're like money. 
And I'm like, okay, if I told you to go out and, and raise $10,000 in seven days and it can't be illegal, immoral, or unethical, what do you do? And most people are like, oh my God, if I could do that, I wouldn't need you and now $10,000, that would be insane. And I'd say, okay, all things being equal, who is the person that you love the most in your life? And most oftentimes people mention their kids. And most times when I've been having the situation, their kids are young. And I said, and I ask him this question again, again, questions on a scale of one to 10. I like the one to 10 and you can never pick seven, by the way. So if you do a one to 10 thing, you can never pick seven on a scale of one to 10, 10 being absolute. What would you do for your son or your daughter? You know, whatever the situation is, well, I would do anything for him. I'm like, would you take a bullet for him? Yes, I would. Okay. All things being equal. When you come home from work tomorrow, you walk in the door and Jeremy is sitting there in a chair, but next to Jeremy is a guy that's holding a nine millimeter pistol to Jeremy's forehead. And he says to you, Hey, you need to come up with $10,000 in the next seven days, but it can't be illegal or moral or unethical. What do you do? Hands down hundred percent of the time that people respond, I would find a way. You'd find a way. Okay. Just five minutes ago, you said, get bent, Chris. There's no way I could fucking do it. And now you're saying you would find a way. The difference in that ladies and gentlemen is leverage, leverage. When you have enough leverage, you have a big enough why, you have a big enough how. So you guys are way more resilient. You guys are way more adept at being able to find discipline than you give yourself credit for because you just haven't had the right leverage. So think about that. Think about that. When I ask people, do you want to be here to walk your son or your daughter down, or walk your daughter down the aisle? Do you want to be here to see your kids graduate? Do you want to see your, your kids have kids and be grandparents? Everybody says resoundingly, yes. I'm like, what choices are you making today that will ensure that you're here until you're 80? Well, um, well, I guess I could do better with my food. I, I'm not working out very much. Are you drinking water? No, I'm not drinking water. Oh, okay. What's what? What's your blood work like? Do you monitor your blood levels? Do you find out how you're doing? Do you get blood tests? No, I haven't been in the doctor in five years. I'm like, okay. Um, are you, you know, what's your weight situation like? And I can tell them if I'm if I'm seeing them on a on a podcast or on a a Zoom call. And then they come to the realization they have to be honest with themselves. I'm not doing the things that I need to be doing in order to fulfill that long term goal. Okay understand here's your wake up call ladies and gentlemen boom here's your wake up call what is it that you're going to start doing differently tomorrow that by which you're going to ensure that you're here as much as you possibly can for your kids graduation and for your kids to get married and your kids to have kids what are you going to start doing well i guess i got to be more disciplined with myself yes and if you can't be more disciplined with yourself what do you do you get a coach that's what i do i hold people's people responsible and accountable to find that leverage to find that 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 inner will that discipline to be able to say yes i can do it because if you keep telling yourself, no, I'm not a morning person. No, I don't like working out. No, I don't like running. If I fucking told you to run five miles, otherwise I was to shoot your kid, you would run fucking five miles. Your feet might be falling off, but you would run five miles. That is the leverage. You all have that within your side of yourself. You just have to unlock that bitch. You just have to go for it. I've seen so many people that thought they were weak and then they were faced with a traumatic experience. Their husband died. Their wife died. Something happened. They lost their job. They got sued. The resiliency of what those people had within themselves that they didn't even think was there blew their mind. Blew, and I sit there and I read back this book to your, your point, Walt. When I read back this book, I'm like, oh my God, how did I do it? How did I live in a car with 18 cats and four dogs? I don't even like saying four dogs because even as myself, I know what happened. How did we do it? But we did it. We kept doing it. You just put one foot in front of the other and you don't think about it. You just go and you just go and you sit there and say, was I born to be mediocre? Was I born to be average? Was I born to be complacent? Was I born to have excuses? Was I born to be lazy? No. No, I was not. And I'm not going to tolerate it anymore. Talk about the tolerations. I'm not going to tolerate that anymore for myself. I deserve more. I'm worth more. I'm not going to let so what somebody said when I was eight years old, hold me back now when I'm 43. I'm not going to do it anymore. I'm not going to do it anymore. Today is the day that I say no. 
today's the day I call myself on my bullshit. You know, sit there and people sit there and tell me like, well, you know, this, that, and the other thing. I'm like, you're the fucking person who picked it up and put it in your mouth. Don't blame anybody else. I had somebody tell me like, well, my wife keeps buying the shit. I'm like, who fucking puts it in your mouth? Your wife? Just like that. Oh, oh, oh. Yeah. Uh, your hand picked it up and put it in your mouth. So shut the fuck up. Get real with yourself. Stop doing that crap. If you're, if you're that weak and you don't have that wherewithal, that will, that, 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 that willpower, then ladies and gentlemen, ask your wife to put the shit in some other part of the house, right? You know, ask them to do that. But ultimately you have to sit there and find out that discipline for within yourself, because at the end of the day, fast forward, you're, you're 37 years old, you're eating like shit. You're not taking care of yourself. Picture yourself at 54. You go to the doctor. You're not feeling so good. I'm sorry to tell you, Miss Kramer, you have type one diabetes. We're going to have to start giving you insulin shots, blah, 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 blah. And then fast forward another 10 years. And like, I'm sorry. Yeah, there's nothing we could do. We're going to have to amputate, amputate your foot. It's part of what, you know, diabetes does, right? And then all of a sudden you're sitting there looking at your, your foot's amputated. You're overweight. You're, you're, you're feeling like shit. You're on, you're on insulin. And you look back to when you were 37. What do you say? What do you say? And I'm sure some of you guys have dealt with this, either listening to the podcast or watching this live. You guys have dealt with this. What do you say? I wish I would have done this. I wish I would have done that. I just purchased a book. I purchased a book for my mother-in-law who's going through cancer. She just started her first treatment today. I bought a book, How to Cure Cancer, from a guest that I had here on the show recently, Rob Pryor. You can go back and check out the episode. He had stage three kidney cancer. And he was like, I'm not going to do any of the formal remedies. And I'm not a doctor, by the way. So just want to state that. But he found and he talked to nutritionists. He talked to all the people that he needed to talk to, wrote this scientifically based book on these particular um, modalities for, able to, for him to heal himself, all natural homeopathic stuff. And he did it. So I'm like, you know what? If I got cancer diagnosis tomorrow, guess what I would do? I would probably do every fucking thing in the sun to prevent myself from dying. But why is it that I'm not doing that before I potentially get the diagnosis? So even for me, finding that inner discipline, finding that inner bitch and saying, no, shut up, Chris. Oh, you may not like beet juice, but guess what? You don't like cancer more than you don't like beet juice, right? Right? So ask yourself, what is it that I'm willing to do? What is it that I'm willing to get uncomfortable to do, get out of my comfort zone and be able to go get what it is that I deserve so that at the end of the day, when I put my head on my pillow, I'm going to feel accomplished. I'm going to feel proud of myself. When's the last time you went to bed and you felt proud of yourself? Like truly proud. Like, fuck, I gave it everything today. Blood, sweat, and tears. No bullshit. I fucking did it today. I showed up. When's the last time you said that about yourself? And if you're saying that, yes, game on. Tell me what it is that you've been doing. But if you haven't been doing that, if you're not feeling like you go to bed and go, fuck, I laid it all out today. I did a great job today. I gave it my best. You know, even for me back in the day, probably about five or six years ago, I came home from work when I was working my corporate job and I was putting my keys and my wallet up on my dresser as I normally do. And I set out to my set out, out set out loud to myself because I talked to myself out loud. I'm like, well, I did the best I could today. There was some challenging shit at work. And I was like, I heard this little whisper is like, you really did your best. So when you think about it, when you sit there and say, I did the best I could think about that, that goes back to, again, to that childhood situation where the teacher came up and says, Christopher, did you do your best you could do on your math test? Uh-huh. Okay. We'll do better next time. There's no definition of what our best is. There's no, what's better next time. Okay. Get one more answer, right? What does that really, what does that really mean? Right? So when you think about, are you doing your best? Is there blood, sweat, and tears involved? Are you uncomfortable? You know, I don't, I'm not a morning person. I'm not, well, fuck, are you a dead person? 
Well, I don't have time, Chris. I don't have the money. Da, da, da. I'll say, so let me just, let me just make sure I'm, I'm hearing you correctly. You don't have time right now to prepare your food. You don't have time to exercise. You don't have the money to buy good food. So fast forward in 20 years, when you're taking 13 different medications and you're going to doctor's appointments two or three times a month, you got co-pays, you got the medicines, you got the, the fact that your life is not the same anymore because now you're, you're, you're taking all these pills and you have to take pills for the side effects of the other pills. Are you going to have time for all that too? Or what are you going to do? And so just again, being real and honest with people, even when I'm doing that to myself, I'm like, Chris, you may not like green juice, but you don't like cancer more. So that's where the discipline comes in. So even for me, I'm proving to myself, I'm, I got this book and I'm like, okay, you know, I'm not going to be militant about it because at the end of the day, I could still, you know, jump off a curb tomorrow, not jump off a curb. You know, I could get by a bus tomorrow as the, as the, as the saying goes. So I'm still going to enjoy my life, but could I do a better job of what it is that I'm putting into my body? Yes or no. There's a question for you. Am I, is what I'm putting into my body going to help me live longer? Yes or no? No. Okay. Then what is it that I'm willing to do in exchange to be able to do that? Maybe I'm going to go six days a week and be super good. And then one day I have a cheat day, which I know that works for a lot of people. So, um, yes, I just go, I go off on those diatribes. So thank you for that question. I'm going to go back over here. And, um, Alexis says, uh, what is the major lesson you learned in your teens, twenties, thirties, and forties? The major lessons, okay, singular lesson over all those decades. That's what I'm hearing you say, Alexis. <clears throat> the major lesson that I learned. <sighs> There's been so many lessons. Um, one of the biggest lessons is to be honest with yourself. If you're not happy with something or someone, be honest with yourself and take that decisive, decisive action then because it's not going to go away and you may waste your life, waste part of your life or somebody else's life, or waste your time in a particular job that you're not happy with when you should have just been honest with yourself and change things. Um, another major lesson I've learned is to be in the moment. Before I was either dealing with the past and pontificating of how I could have done something better, or I was worried about the future, and I was never truly living in the moment, which is all we have. This is all we have. The history, the past is just electrical energy in our brain. There is no physical past. It's how we perceive it. It's what we, what we, what we make it to mean about ourselves. That's the one thing. So for me, being in the moment has been a huge, has been a huge, uh, a lesson that I've learned. And one other lesson, one other lesson, um, I would have to say the other lesson I would have to say is probably Again, it goes back to what I really preach about a lot is to seek first to understand then to be understood. You know, sometimes I've made uh, judgments about people or opinions about people when I really didn't understand where it was they were coming from. And so now more than ever, I'm very, you know, tell me more about that. You know, let me understand where it is that you come from with your, with your decision before I would just be like, oh, you're stupid. That's fucking ridiculous. But now I'm really okay. And I'm seeking to understand from the root level, like what was it, what was it in your childhood that made you have this agreement that I particularly don't agree with right now? You know, there's a lot of things going on in, you know, with women's rights right now. I can't believe abortion over Roe v. Wade was overturned. I'm like, are you, I, what the fuck? And there's people out there actually are for that. And so instead of like sitting there thinking they're batshit crazy, help me understand what is your meaning behind this? So seeking first to understand and then to be understood has been phenomenal for my success in my life. Um, so thank you for that question. I hope that answers that for you. Um, Serena says words of wisdom always. Yes, yes, yes. We got Mary Kay. Thank you, Mary Kay, for being here. You guys are beautiful. I appreciate you so much. I hope you're getting lots of value out of this. These are value-packed shows. I'm trying to jam as much of value in there because I know some of you, it's, it's late there. So Mary Kay says, question, transmission of trauma. What are the things you're doing to ensure you don't pass it on to your son? Ooh, ooh, ooh. 
shot through the heart. She asked great questions. My voice is going. Um, that is great. You know, my mom told me when she was alive, she said, don't have kids. And I said, why? And she said, because the cycle of abuse runs in our family. And I quote, and I said, no, mom, the cycle of abuse does not run in our family. You chose to beat me. You chose to beat the shit out of me. You chose to slap me for shit that I was a little kid that should that didn't know any better, right? I said, so that is a choice. And guess what? If I have kids, I didn't have kids at that time. I said, if I have kids, guess what? I'm going to break that generational curse and I'm not going to hit my son or my daughter or whatever it might be. Um, and so I've broken that generational cycle. I'm not, I don't pass that on to him. Uh, one thing that I'm super careful about is being intentional for when I'm with him. Today, we had a little bit of a frustration, frustrating moment where I sat there and I said, you know what, I'm just going to have to let you, you know, play on your iPad right now. Daddy's going to go journal because I was frustrated with some stuff. And I knew that if I continued in that moment, that perhaps I might pass something on to him or he's innocent. He's just having his own way in his own world. So if I put myself in a six-year-old frame of mind, he's fine. He's normal. I'm the one that had different expectations of what the situation should be. So I removed myself from that so that I wouldn't have any negative effects on him for him to feel like, wow, you know, or any guilt or, or shame or anything associated with why I was in a funky mood. Um, so yeah, that's, that's super important. The other thing that I do, I didn't grow up with any, hardly any love in my, in my life as a kid, not wasn't held as a baby, no hugging and kissing for my mom. We were very, you know, hi, how you doing? Yeah. Love you. You know, it was never, I love you. And here's why I love you. So I tell my son every day that I love him to death. I probably tell him more times than he wants to hear. I tell him how proud of him I am. So just in case that ever my time comes that he knows that. So also we have to be careful what we put into our kids because sometimes we want to give our kids so much that we didn't have that sometimes that's overwhelming for them. So I'm very conscientious about that. So that's a great question, Mary Kay. I thank you. I thank you. I thank you. Appreciate that. Um, Jacqueline says, I need music like the air I breathe. Amen, sister. Amen. I've got music tattoos all over me. Um, Alexa says, Mary Kay off. Such a great question. Yes, yes, yes. Or, oh, such a great question. Um, Alexa says, or Mary Kay says, thank you. Uh, Paul says, we'll have to get together and jam someday. hundred percent, man. Let's do it. Uh, Jacqueline says, if I wrote a book about where the place I live, Hollywood would make it into a soap opera. We'll do it, Jacqueline. I mean, you've got, you keep talking about how much stuff you've been through. Write that book, sweetheart. Write it. Get it done. Get it done. Uh, Walt says, facts, bro. Living the legacy warrior life for ourselves and those that need us. Amazing answer. Thank you, brother. I appreciate that. It's all coming from the heart. I didn't, I got a bunch of these questions and I didn't even look at them just so I could answer them authentically with you guys as we were having this conversation here tonight. Um, I stay awake from toxic people. That's good. That's good. Um, Alexa says your niche comes with experience and time. Bang on sister. hundred percent. Uh, Robert says, I have found that being me is at all times, the best possible use of my time. Couldn't agree with you more, brother. Yes. Just be who you are. Ladies and gentlemen, fly your freak flag, be uniquely who you are. If people don't get it and they don't vibe with you, there's no animosity. There's no anger. There's no hatred. You're not for everybody. I'm not for everybody. I know people look at me and go, what the fuck is this? With What's all this? That's too busy. I don't appreciate it. I don't like, I don't like swearing. That means you're stupid. Whatever. Go have fun doing your thing, but don't focus on me. So many times we're focused on what it is that we don't like that we attract more of that in our life. So um, fly your freak flag, be authentically who you are. That's another lesson, Alexis, when you're thinking about twenties, thirties, and forties, I wish I would be, have been me way sooner and not been so worried about the validation of being successful and proving myself and proving my worth. That's always been something that for me, based on my childhood that I wanted, I want that validation. I want people to say, Chris, you're so great. And you're so awesome. And I appreciate you so much, you know? That's okay to have, but when it's at a point where you can't sustain yourself or be happy with yourself un unless you get that, that's not serving you. 
So I have a healthy sense of confidence for myself now because I'm truly being who I am. And if it's great for you, then it's great. If not, it's no big deal. And I mean that from the bottom of my heart. Um, but before I was always worried about if I was making people happy and all that other stuff. So the other big lesson is just be who you are, you know, the money and the fame and the, and the validation, all of their shit that will come more and it'll mean more when you're truly being who you are. I can, I can't emphasize that enough. I can't, um, Chris. Oh, thank you, Chris. He says never finished by David Goggins. Yeah. David Goggins is, is, is in, in the words he talks about. It's not personal development. He's, he talk about me being straight up. That guy is straight up, straight up, straight up. Um, so yeah, I'm listening to never finished right now. And it's a great book. He's actually, he has somebody narrating or, 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 or speaking in the book. And then periodically throughout the book, this guy interviews David. And so they're on the audible book. You're hearing this conversation. So it's great. I highly, highly recommend him. So thank you, Chris, for sharing that. I'm going to go back to one of these questions here. Madeline asked, and I did not really look at these questions. I just copied them from where they sent them to me. And I put them in here. She said, the moral compass of the human condition is needling towards looser ties. How do you feel this is affecting the coaching industry? I'm very tired, tired of unethical coaches. How shall we change this? Ooh, Madeline. Damn. Let's go with this. Yes. Uh, the personal development industry is bullshit. Um, there's so many fucking frauds and, and bullshit con art, con artists, um, in this field, especially since the pandemic, people have gone out and they've, they've done a $29 coaching course and they call themselves a coach now. No, unless you've been in the trenches, unless you, unless you've experienced this stuff, no, you're not a coach. No. And there's so many people out there that are claiming to be transformational coaches and all this other stuff. And they're going by a prescriptive handout, like, Oh, just ask this question. And when they answer this, then you ask this question. And obviously I love questions, but I have challenged people who've gone through coaching accreditations. I'm like, okay, I'm going to be, uh, I'm going to pretend to be a potential client and I want to see how you handle me. And I've done that two or three times, probably in the last five, seven years. And I have, I have tripped up the person who was trying to be my coach every single time because prescriptively they're given these things like, well, if they say this, then you say this. And if they say this, then you say this, you can't, you can't deal with life that way. So the coaching industry is bullshit. Um, kneeling towards lucid ties. How do you feel this coaching industry? Yeah. Uh, I quite honestly, to be honest with you, Madeline, when I came up with the no excuses coach moniker, if you will, that was probably, I really started owning it and publicizing it probably about three or four years ago probably like that it was before COVID. Um, I mean, I knew I, I called myself the no excuses coach, but I didn't do it as publicly as I do, you know, with hashtags and stuff like that, or being like, it's now my website URL. Um, when I started calling myself a coach, I didn't want to call myself a coach. I was like, I'm a mentor. I'm a guide, uh, even professional best friend, because if we have a best friend, our best friend's supposed to tell us the truth. And I find that many best friends don't tell you the truth because they want to not hurt your feelings. And I don't think that's a real best friend. I think a best friend, if you say, am I fat in these pants and you are, then your best friend's going to say, yeah, Let's go work out, right? You know, so, oh no, you look good, girl. You're big bone. That's okay. No, no, your friend is not doing you any justice. No, 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 no. You have to be honest. But with this and changing the coach industry, I think we have to set the example. I can't go out there. There's millions of coaches out there now. Uh, I can't go out there and change what those other coaches are doing. But what I can do is I can set the example for the people that I come in contact with and the people that I work with to be the best possible example and to give them, you know, testimonials from people that have worked with me. Um, but as far as the coach industry, there's probably not much I can change the same way with the government. So I'm not going to sit there and worry about whatever other people are doing. I'm just going to be the best I can possibly be. And that when somebody, and I've had people tell me this, like, they're like, I'm afraid to have a coach because I've been, uh, I've had two shitty coaches the last time. They didn't know their ass from a hole in the ground. And I've literally had that. 
And I'm like, okay, tell me about your situation. And I coach them through that particular situation. And they realize exactly where I'm coming from, that I do have the answers that I've had the demonstrated experience and the knowledge, whether it's something I've been through, something I've studied or something I've already coached somebody else on. I've pretty much been there and done that. And if there's any situation that I haven't, I would love to know about that. But I have had some pretty horrific situations that I've heard about from my coaching clients that enough that I could probably write another book about that just alone. So um, I feel that we need to be in alignment with ourselves. I think we need to set our best example and not worry about what everybody else is doing and just kind of subscribe that way. Or if we're that passionate about it, there should be a, a group that gets together and starts being public about that and calling, you know, coaches out and seeing their social media posts and saying, okay, where is it that you get off saying that? But Again, I'm not going to go back and tell anybody what they can or can't say. That's their journey and that's what they need to do. I just focus on me and doing what I need to do, which is most important. Lee, Lee says here, he says, if I'm feeling trapped by the events and regrets of the past, what are some tools I can employ to release the associated, re release the and the associated feelings and emotions? Yes, again, exactly. If I'm feeling trapped by the events and regrets of the past, what can I do? Journaling is a great idea. Getting a therapist is a great idea. Getting a coach is a great idea. Um, asking yourself the deeper rooted question, where does this really come from? What happened in my life? See, I'm asking all these questions. What happened in my life that by which it happened changed my perspective about my, my future state or my current state, right? So when you think about it, nine times out of 10, when I ask somebody, tell me about something that happened in your childhood before the age of 10 that, that traumatized you. Oh, it was this time I, time I tried out for the school play and I was really excited about being a singer. And then I went out and did the audition and the teacher told me, no, 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 you shouldn't sing. You should, you should just dance. You, you have no business singing. And then we take that as truth, right? That teacher, that, that, who taught that teacher how to in, interact with people? She has a scholastic skills to say, Hey, I could be a teacher, but does she really have the emotional intelligence to sit there and say, okay, when a student doesn't have the skills, how to approach that student so that they don't feel like they're a piece of shit and they're not worthy or they don't have any talent. I can't tell you how many people have been shocked and stunned before the age of 10 by something that has happened by a teacher that they took as truth and they never went and pursued any of that anymore because that one teacher said you suck or that one parent said you suck. And they held on to that one opinion, that opinion, not even a the fact, they held on to that one opinion their entire lives and here they are. So to that, Lee, I say, you know, come to grips with it. Uh, realize that everything that a bad has happened in your life has happened for your greater good for you to learn a particular lesson. And until you learn that lesson, you're not going to continue to advance. So if you keep faced with the same problem, if you find yourself saying, wow, I can never have a positive relationship because I always screw them up, then ask yourself, what is it that I'm doing that's screwing them up? And stop saying always and never, because those are two words that are generalizations that can cause permanent impact in your life. Oh, I always fuck up. Oh, I never find the right relationship. Oh, I never can do the right job or I can never say the right thing. You keep telling yourself that and your, your subconscious mind will focus on that and it'll focus on ways to prove that true. I'll give you an example. You're looking on, look around your room right now and tell me everything that's blue. That's blue. That's blue. That's blue. That's blue. That's blue. Okay. Tell me what was green. Well, Chris, I was looking for what was blue. You told me to look for what was blue. Same thing happens in your life. If you're focused on the things that you can't do or the things that you always screw up or the regrets of your past, if you're focusing on those and you're harping on those, guess what? You're not giving yourself a fair chance. Realize that whatever happened, happened for your greater good. Realize that it's all part and parcel for everything that's happening up until right this very fucking moment that's preparing you for what's next. It's preparing you for what's next. But yet you're sitting there going, ah, ah that shit, that shit, that shit, that shit, that shit. That's just electrical energy in your brain. You're self-sabotaging yourself. You're fucking yourself over. Stop doing that. Stop doing that. You can't do that and expect to be happy. You can't do that and expect to leave a kick-ass fulfilled life. 
You can't. Oh shit. We've been going for an hour and 13 minutes. You guys are amazing. Thank you for sticking with me. Um, let me see if there's any more questions up here. Um, you guys are beautiful people. We got Tara Murney in the house. What's up, Tared? Tara, thank you for being here. My dear, you are amazing. Uh, she says, uh, David is amazing. You too. Uh, Tara says here, unethical coaching is a commonplace is commonplace. Yes. Oh, yeah. We know a few of them, don't we? <laughs> Should I name them? Should I name them? Should I name them? I'm in one of those kind of moods. I'm in one of those kind of moods. Uh, we got hooked on humanity in the house. What's up, Nelly? So great to have you here. She says, I agree. Christopher Roush experience knows best a hundred percent. Yes, yes, yes. Um, Tara's in the house. She's commenting. She says they will fail. Amen. Focus on you journaling, find the root hundred percent girl. You know that Tara's got so many great things coming up. And by the way, she was just on Walt McKinley's show, uh, the legacy warrior podcast, which released today. If you guys are in the circle of, of all of us, please go check that out. I'm actually going to listen to that tomorrow. Watch it tomorrow because Tara and all three of those guys together is going to be gold. It's going to be hundred percent gold. Um, Tara says 11, 11. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I'm not sure exactly what that means, but I see that everyone. So I see nine 11 on the clock a lot too. Uh, Tara says window of perception. Yes, yes, yes. And she's just being an awesome, awesome, beautiful soul sister that she is. Um, I'm going to answer a couple of these questions more, and then we're going to end out the show. So I hope you guys are finding value out of this. Let me know in the comments if you are. Um, Debbie asked another question. She said, how can a person bounce back or get back on track after working so hard and then being rejected? Whew. Rejection. Who's ever, who's ever experienced some rejection, huh? Yeah. What can you do? Again, it's about that perspective. Is it happening for me or to me? What was the greater lesson from this situation that I need to learn for myself that I can apply in my life so I never make that mistake again? And it's not really a mistake. It's not a mistake if, as long as you learn from those things. So again, when you reframe your perspective, okay, mistakes and failures, those are, they sound like bad things, right? Don't make any mistakes. Don't have failures. Because again, when we're kids, if you made a mistake or you failed, guess what? You were less than. Oh, you got a D. You suck. You should get a C or a B. What's wrong with you? You know, in a nutshell. And sometimes parents say it that way. Sometimes teachers say it that way. When you think about how many parents use, um, what do they call that? Negative, um, negative psychology or what's that? What's that thing? Uh, reverse psychology. I mean, yeah. Oh yeah. My wife went through that. Her dad made her feel like shit. Like nobody's going to love you unless you lose weight. Well, fuck. Yeah. You're, you're not being intentionally a dick, but what, fuck, how can that stick with somebody for the rest of their life? You say that to a girl at 12 years old, thinking that that's going to be the leverage to get them to move. No, you got teachers doing that shit too. Again, you have to consider the source of what it was that you're being rejected for. And that perhaps that rejection was actually the best thing that could possibly happen for you. Right. When I, when I left my corporate job, it was a mutual agreement back in November of 2019. And afterwards, God's honest truth. I kept looking for another job. I'm like, well, I can get a job closer to my house. I can make more money. I can probably go to a VP position. No problem. There's tons of, of, of operation uh, warehouses out here. That's what I did. I was an operations director. I could easily do that. I sent out a hundred resumes with a master's degree, with 26 years experience, with coaching, with all this stuff. My resume reads fucking excellent. I did not get one interview, one interview, not one interview out of over a hundred resumes I sent out talk about rejection. I went in that pity party for about a day and a half. I'm like, fuck, man. I thought I was all that in a bag of chips. You know, I've got all this experience. Da, 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 da. And I'm like, you're not being rejected, Chris. You're being redirected. Ooh, I should quote that. You're not being rejected. You're being redirected. I'm sure that's probably been said by somebody, but there you go. You, if you're not being rejected, you're being redirected. So that was just further evidence if I chose to look at it, that's further evidence that I should continue as being a coach and speaker and authoring my books and doing my podcast, 
That was evidence. That wasn't rejection. That was evidence that I was not meant to be in that place in time anymore. I'm not supposed to be in the corporate space anymore. So when you're thinking about where it is that you're being rejected, are you being redirected? I'm going to keep that one for myself. Um, so I hope that answered your question, Debbie. Um, da, 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 da. Uh, Adam Astley asked, he asked two questions. So here's another question. He says, do you have any regrets from your history? No, no. Because again, I see everything happening on purpose. Are there things that yeah, I wish I could have done differently? Yeah, a little bit. I guess that's a regret. But for the most part, honestly, I sit there and I look at my life and I'm thankful for all the challenges, all the betrayal, all the whatever that I've had in my life. I've had best friends betray me. I've had business partners betray me. I've had people promise me the world and not fulfill it. I've had people pretend to be somebody there that weren't and then be, you know, somebody completely different. So I would say, you know, as far as things I would have done differently, again, I would have been myself a lot sooner than I really was. And I've always been myself for the most part. But again, I was that people pleaser aspect of it. And I wasn't being truly authentic to myself. Um, but regrets? No. I mean, if you guys watch my social media uh, posts, I hashtag no regrets. Because for me, the five regrets of the dying, which, by the way, you talk about great books, the five regrets of the dying right there by Bonnie Ware. This book, like pretty much shattered my perspective about life and thinking about, you know, whoops, whoops, my chair is hitting my desk. Uh, there's an earthquake in Southern California. Go report it on the news. Um, the regrets, you know, I don't want to get to the end of my journey and look back on my life and be sad because I didn't take more risks that I didn't, wasn't more honest. I wasn't more authentic. I don't want to get to the end of my journey because I'm 54. That's going to 20 years is going to fly by like that. I'll be 74. You know, when you start looking at stuff like that, yeah, it's not the end of the world. And potentially we could be living until we're 120 based on medical advances and technology right now. So I'm not even worried about it. What would happen right now if we live to be 150? Like, you know, I know some of us don't want to be around here this long, but just imagine that you're just getting started at 50 years old. But for me, it's about those regrets. So I try to live every single day uh, with the intentionality of if this is my last day, then I want to make sure I tell people I love them. I appreciate them, which I'm constantly doing. You guys are my friends. You guys know that. I talk about this all the time. I love you. I say that um, because you never know when our time is going to be up. So I live very intentionally not to have any regrets. Um, I would have a regret if I was still working in the corporate field when I wasn't really following my dreams. And is following your dreams easy? No, no. I miss working with people. I miss being on teams. I miss, you know, being there every single day to watch people grow and change and, and being involved in the operations and hands-on stuff. But I'm not certainly not going to go back to it. So what do I have to do? I have to recreate situations in my life where I still get that, that uh, people interaction, but not in the same ramifications of it, meaning in doing a day job. So yes, yes, yes. You guys are amazing. I'm going to end this conversation pretty soon. Um, Tara says, I will get, I will check. I'm inundated with messages. So give me grace. Um, I'm not sure. Yes. Uh, rejection is redirection period. Thank you very much, Miss Tara for that. Uh, Joe Hutter and absolutely saying, absolutely. Um, you guys are all beautiful, beautiful people. Tara says, I love you too, brother deeply, dearly. Thank you, my dear. I appreciate you. Um, yeah. So what is it that you're going to do from this conversation? The last thing I want to do is I want to share with you a couple of questions that I've not that I've already not shared enough questions with you, but uh, I have a list of questions that I use personally when I do interviews or when I do all myself. So here's a couple of questions that you can take away from this conversation tonight. Is this getting me closer to or further from my stated goals or my intentions? So if your goal and your intention is to live a long life and you're, you're calling boohoo that you don't want to work out today, is this getting me closer to or further from my stated goals? Yes or no. And then I'm not saying to go out there and hurt yourself. I'm not saying to go out there and work seven days a week and, and, and that, but I'm saying, 
ask yourself, is this getting me closer to or further from my stated goals? If you're not eating very well, if you're not hydrating yourself, if you're drinking too much alcohol, whatever it might be, is this getting me closer to or further from my stated goals? If you're in a relationship that sucks and you know it's going to be a dead end, but you're just staying there because you're safe and it's and it's predictable and it's certain and you're afraid that you don't know what else to do if you go outside of that, is this getting me closer to my, my stated goals or my intentions? Is this going to be something I'm going to be proud of later on in my life? Those kind of questions. Um, another great question is, will I be happy with this decision tomorrow? Will I be happy with this decision tomorrow? Yes or no? So I think about that myself. You know, sometimes I like to have my drinks and, and party and have a good time. And I think about it. Well, will I be happy with this decision tomorrow? I may want it in the short-term moment and feel better in the short-term moment. But when I wake up and if I'm being honest with myself, will I be happy with this decision tomorrow? Yes or no? No. Okay, then don't do it. Um, another great question is, what am I making this to mean about me? That's one of the great questions I ask myself. What am I making this to mean about me? Because sometimes we take things personal when they're not directly personal at us. And so we get, we take it and we get butt hurt. But again, going back to that seek first to understand situation, then we can make changes in the way our perspective is. And we can get clarification to find out that it's nothing to do with me. And I found that personally in my life when I take things personally, because I tend to just being honest, when I go back and I get clarification, clarification, like what you said earlier, did that have anything to do with me? And I can tell whether somebody's lying or not pretty usually. No, Chris, oh my God, no, no, no. I'm like, okay, well, if it did have anything to do with me, I would really appreciate you being honest right now. I know it may hurt. I know it may sting, but I need to hear that. So please be honest. If there was any truth in that directed towards me, please be honest. And I've even had people like, I know it's about me and then they still lie because they're uncomfortable being honest. And that sucks. So I have to process that on my own because they're not willing to be honest with themselves or with me. That sucks. But what am I making this to mean about me? It's pretty incredible what you can do and what kind of situations you can get out of when you focus that on um, that healing process and seeing that life is happening for you or to you. Another one is when did it become acceptable to blank? When did it become acceptable to be mediocre? Be, be mediocre? When did it become acceptable to be an asshole to my kid? When did it become acceptable to not follow through on my goals and my promises? When did it become acceptable to not love and talk to myself in a positive way? The answer should always be no. It's never been acceptable. So if it's not acceptable, then what is it that I'm willing to do to change it in this moment, do something to change it, make a declaration to yourself. I'm no longer going to do this because Bob, my friend, Bob Donnell says, when it becomes acceptable, it becomes inevitable. When it becomes acceptable, it becomes inevitable. I have so many different questions. So I'm going to end this broadcast. I'm going to go downstairs and eat some dinner and spend some time with my family. I love and appreciate you guys. Let me know in the comments. Let me know in private messages, the value that you got out of this. Let me know what questions um, rang true for you the most. And above all else, do me a solid, do the brother a solid. Um, if you guys aren't following the podcast, this is something that I admittedly have done a poor job of promoting. If you love this show, if you love the show, I'm just going to put this right here in the comments. If you love the show, do me a solid, go to Apple, wherever you get your podcast and uh, sign up for the podcast because I'm really doing a, a hard push to get the, get more exposure for the podcast for this show that goes on audio podcast. So whether it's uh, Spotify, iHeart, wherever it is, do me a solid, go there and subscribe to the podcast. And if you really dig this, I would love you. I would love and appreciate you so much for writing a review for the show. I got to tell you this, talk about expectations. I've helped a lot of people and given a lot of free advice where I should have charged for my coaching. And I've gone back to some people recently and asked them to simply write a review for my show. And I get, well, I don't have iTunes. I'm like, I spent a lot of time with you to, to change your life and everything. And you can't down, download iTunes and spend 10 minutes, download it, write the review and then delete it. You know? So if you really truly getting value out of this, I would appreciate it from the bottom of my heart. Go spend a few minutes, write a review for the show. Even if you don't listen to the show on Apple, I would love for you to do that. 
Um, I would appreciate you for doing that. And uh, we'll be back here again next week. The Raw and Unscripted Show, Tuesday night, 7 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, every single week without fail. I love you guys. Go out there, be brilliant. And I really, truly hope you take this message to heart and all the things we talked about here tonight. I've gone an hour and 25 minutes giving you lots of tons of value. I appreciate your questions and I uh, I will be back here again next week. I love you guys. Go out there, be brilliant. Stay kick-ass unstoppable. I'm Christopher Roush, your No Excuses Coach.